subject matter, coarse language, intense situations, and is meant for an adult audience. Listener discretion is advised. the fire of youth bleeders digest issue number 23 the arts of arts this story is called the art of art by lauren shand on october 17th landon ryan was born he was everything i wanted and more he was a perfect mix between myself and connor he had my blonde hair and nose and con's mouth and blue eyes the first six months of being a mom was challenging Landon was a terrible sleeper, and Connor and I were extremely irritable. I mean, don't get me wrong, we love being parents, and Landon was our everything, but newborns are tough. I remember the first time he slept through the night. Uh, You think he's still alive, right? We both laughed. (laughs) I can't believe he's still asleep. Did we do anything different that we hadn't done before? I I don't think so, but let's, let's do the same routine we did tonight every night for the rest of his life. For the next three years, Landon slept great. That was until the night terrors began. He would wake up at least two or three times a month screaming at the top of his lungs. He would be so distressed he would have a hard time calming down. He would hyperventilate and mumble words that we couldn't understand. It was scary, and we would just say, Landon, it's okay. Mommy and Daddy are here, and you are safe. You're just having a dream. The seasons changed and blew by so fast... It was fall, and Lannon was just about to turn five. We had the most adorable party for him. The theme was farm animals. Landon loved animals and had a huge smile on his face when he saw the goats and chickens that we hired from the mobile petting zoo. He played with his friends from school, and I went and got the cake from the fridge. It was incredible. My friend Julie just opened a small bakery in town and put together the most amazing cake for him. She handmade all the little farm animals out of fondant. The brown gate was made out of milk chocolate. It almost looked too pretty to eat. That cake is insane. What do you want to do this? I know you're so specific about lighting and where the right angle is for the picture and all that stuff. He knew me well. I was a bit of a perfectionist and was a photographer, so shadows and lighting were a big deal to me. Let's do it outside on the patio table. Got it. Hey, you got a special candle for this, don't you? Let me guess. A farm animal. You know it. I placed a pig candle holding the number five on the top of the cake. Connor gathered everyone on the patio, and I grabbed my camera and lit the candle and headed outside. Landon was sitting at the head of the table. He had a big grin on his face. As I moved closer to him with the cake, I noticed his smile started to turn into a frown. Did he not like the cake? The closer I got, the more upset he got. I could see Connor trying to calm him down and pointing at the cake. In the time it took me to walk from the back door to the table, Landon had become hysterical. He was screaming and crying, and all his friends had all backed away from the table. They were scared by his outburst. I put the cake down on the table to comfort him and see what was wrong. He held his finger out, pointing at the cake and yelling, Fire! Fire! 
face was wet with tears, and he was bright red. Connor yelled, Juliet, the candle! I think it's a candle! Blow it out! I took a ton of air in and inhaled a gust of wind blowing out the candle. Landon started to calm down, but still seemed shook up. Was he afraid of a candle? That's strange, I thought. That was an intense reaction to a little birthday candle. Connor brought him inside to lay down, and I apologized and sent guests home with goodie bags and slices of cake. When I came inside, Connor said he was so exhausted he fell asleep from all the commotion. What do you think that's all about? I have no idea. Isn't that in one of your parenting books? Yeah, no. Nothing like that. Did he say anything to you when you were putting him to bed? He kept talking about fire and how fire was hot, but none of it really made any sense. It's not like he's been burned before or witnessed some crazy fire to make him so scared. I know. Did he maybe see something on the television about someone getting burned in a fire or something? I don't think so. I keep a close eye on what he's watching and it's... I never have the news on. I wonder what it could be. It's just so strange. I guess lots of things are scary to kids. And I can see how fires could be scary. I was scared of spiders when I was little, but I never acted like that. Hyperventilating and stuff. The next day he was fine and everything was back to normal. I tried to ask him about it again and he just ignored me. I followed his lead and dropped the interrogation act. I pulled up to his preschool, signed him in, and headed to work. I take pictures for the local newspaper. The pay isn't good, but the hours are flexible, and I get to do what I love. Millersburg had just had a -a dance-a-thon for charity, so I had to take pictures of the two winners. When Connor got home from work, he looked exhausted. I think we were both wiped out from the party. I ordered takeout because I didn't feel like cooking. I put Landon's favorite show on so Connor and I could clean up the kitchen. You know what I was thinking? What were you thinking? That wasn't the first time we've seen Landon scared of a flame. What do you mean? Don't you remember when we had the gas stove before the remodel, how he used to freak out any time you lit the pilot and how excited we were when the stove died because we didn't have to deal with him losing it? You're right. And that's why we got an electric. Well, I guess one of the reasons why. I totally forgot about that. But you're right. He acted in a similar way. He was much younger then, but he was so afraid of the flames. We both just figured it was a phase. That parenting book I was reading at that time said it was very common for toddlers that age to go through phases and that they would eventually grow out of it. It also said it was normal for them to have irrational fears as they became more aware of the world and how it works. When we did the kitchen remodel and got an electric stove, we didn't let him outgrow the fear. We just took it away. I wonder if we still had a gas stove, would he still be flipping out? Do you think he would? I don't know. That, that'd be a long time to be scared of the stove. That, that would be a lot of takeout we'd be having. We both laughed. <laughs> what do you think he meant today when he was screaming, it's burning, help me? He wasn't even close to the candle. I have no idea. Let's go to bed. I'm so tired from today. We'll see how he is in the morning. Time had passed quickly, as it often does with parents watching their children grow and change and become new people. Landon was now seven and was in second grade. He hadn't had any crazy outbursts in a couple of years. We avoided lighting candles or having winter fires out of fear of the unknown. The only thing that had gotten worse were his night terrors. They always seemed to really flare up at the end of summer and the start of fall. It was exhausting to watch him scream and cry and mumble. The worst it ever got was on the night of his birthday. 
When he turned six and seven, I thought we would have to take him to the hospital because these episodes were so intense. The sun came up and it was time to get Landon ready for school. He played with his toys and watched his favorite show on his tablet before we had to leave. I got his shoes and grabbed my keys and headed out the door. We arrived at Little Bird Elementary. Landon loved his school and playing with his friends. I kissed him on the top of the head and sent him through the gate to line up with his class. When I got to work, I had a pile of paperwork on my desk of assignments I needed to cover in our small little town. I was the photographer for the Elm Road paper. Not a lot happened here crime-wise, but they kept me busy with town events. In a few weeks, the fall dance-a-thon was taking place. This year, they even found a live band to play in the local school auditorium. I had to take pictures of the band playing and the winners from last year. Ellie and Ron had been undefeated for ten of them. They were dancing royalty to this town, and I loved photographing them. Before I knew it, my alarm was going off to leave to pick up Landon from school. I couldn't believe it was almost three. When I arrived at school, his teacher and the director told me they wanted to meet with me in the office for a quick chat. Great. Just what I need. They assured me that Landon wasn't hurt and that he didn't hurt anyone else, which made me feel better. But what did they want to talk to me about? I was let into the office by the office staff. I sat down in the leather chair and waited for them to come in. I texted Connor to let him know they wanted to talk to me about Landon. He was also concerned. The door opened and Principal Margaret came in. She was tall and had always had a delightful look on her face. Her face didn't look as delightful today. She had a paper in her hand that looked like a drawing. She placed the drawing on her desk for me to see. It was a picture of what looked like a building that was on fire and people were inside it with a firefighter in the building with them. The drawing had bright crayon colors but still managed to look angry. Mrs. Gorman, I brought you in here to talk about Landon's art. Okay. So, today the children had free time to draw and color something that was on their mind. And when they finished their art, they were instructed to go up to the front of the classroom and talk about what they drew. Little Abby drew about how she went to the pumpkin patch with her mom and dad. David drew a picture of his cat in his bedroom. Now, Landon, he drew a picture of a firefighter in a burning building with people screaming. I mean, I see the people and the flames, but don't you think that's an extreme interpretation of Landon's art? I'm sure he just drew a firefighter saving people like Superman. When Landon went in front of the class, he held up his picture to his chest and he took his other hand and pointed at the picture and said that it was a picture of him from 1938, when he was a firefighter. In 1938, his name was Art and he died in a fire in an apartment building. He said he tried to save a man and a woman, but couldn't. He said he couldn't save himself either. What? I'm a little confused. You're saying Landon said he was a firefighter in 1938 and died in a fire and his name was Art? I mean, he's obviously using his big imagination. Well, of course he is, but perhaps he's watching something on TV that isn't appropriate. We always recommend parents make sure that the TV and film content the children are consuming is appropriate kids pick up on that stuff so quickly it's you, you have to protect your child and look out for their safety i do protect my child we're not saying that you don't but maybe he watched something when he wasn't with you when he was at an uncle or a friend's house he is very well monitored even with family i don't even think connor's crazy brother would have shown him something like that either landon was 
very convinced that this had happened to him. We feel he may believe for some reason that this really did happen. Maybe he had a nightmare about it and it felt so real that he felt what he saw in his dream was real. Well, he has been having night terrors, but those have been going on for a long time. I will talk to him tonight about it. Please do. All the other children were very upset by Landon's art and the story that accompanied it. I'm so sorry. I understand why they would be upset and this won't happen again. Connor and I will talk to him tonight. Look, we love Landon and we, we think he might benefit from some sort of therapy. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. We will take him to a therapist. And again, I am so sorry. We will get to the bottom of this. More of Bleeder's Digest, issue number 23, The Art of Art, after this. I was led back to the classroom where I told Landon to grab his coat and that we needed to head home to get dinner started. I left the school concerned and embarrassed. What is wrong with my child, I thought, and where did he hear such a crazy story that he would repeat it and be inspired to illustrate it? I waited till Connor got home from work before we approached Landon. We sat at the kitchen table, and Connor placed his picture on the table. Hey, that's my drawing. Do you like it? You did a great job coloring, but can you tell me what you drew a picture of? Sure, Daddy. That's a picture of me. I used to be a firefighter, and those are the people in the building that were trapped and couldn't get out. And then, here's me, burning in the fire. What do you mean when you say you used to be a firefighter, bud? You can tell us, honey. We're here to listen. Before I was here, I lived as a firefighter in Greendale, Wisconsin. My name was Art, and I drove a red, shiny fire truck. When you say before you were here, when exactly was before? 1938. So let me get this right. In 1938, you lived in Greendale, Wisconsin, and you were a firefighter? Yep. Did you see a video on your tablet that talked about a firefighter in Wisconsin, maybe? I mean, that's the only way he would know something like that, right? No, Daddy. I didn't watch a video. Before I came here to this family, my name was Art, and I had a sister named Betty. We lived in Greendale, Wisconsin, in a cute yellow house by a bunch of large trees. The August sun would kiss my feet as I swung on the tire swing in front of our house. I grew up to be a well-respected firefighter and say dozens of life. Wow, Landon, you sound like you were the town hero. It's art, and yes, I was admired and respected. Don't tell me you actually believe him. He must have seen something on TV or heard someone talking. Connor, stop. Just let it go. I can't. He's lying. We shouldn't teach him that it's okay to lie. I'm not lying. I know you're not, sweetie. Daddy knows that, too. I grabbed Connor and pulled him in the other room. Just let it go. He obviously believes he was this art guy, and you getting upset isn't helping things. I'm going to look at getting him a therapist. He's obviously going through something, and I don't want to do anything that's going to make the situation worse. Fine. It's it's just kind of creepy. What, what little kid says that? It makes no sense, and he has to be making it up, and he says he died in a fire. I know. It's freaking me out, too. Let's just drop it until we find a professional as soon as possible. Connor agreed. Later that night, I tucked Landon into bed and shut the door. Connor and I cleaned up the toys that had been left out, and we returned them to the toy box. You know, his birthday's in a few weeks. I know. It makes me sad to think it's going to be his birthday, and these night terrors are going to ruin it. 
Why do you think they get worse around his birthday? It's kind of strange. There has to be something there. I'm not sure. His doctors don't even know why either. Do you want to turn on the heat? It's so cold in the house. Sure. The temperature has really dropped recently. I think we should get the flannel sheets out this weekend. <laughs> it's Landon. Hurry! We ran as fast as we could to his room. Landon was sitting up in his bed, screaming and crying. His face was soaking wet with tears, and he was sweating. His whole body was shaking. I put my hands on his face, and they were so hot. He felt like he had a fever. The room looked humid, which made no sense because the house was so cold. He continued to scream for help and was mumbling in a strange sort of whisper. Over here. I can't. I can't save them. Who's over there? Who can't you save? It's so hot. Remember, Dr. Levy said not to wake him during the terrors. Landon stood up and started walking to all corners of the room. He held his head against the wall and moved it back and forth, crying. Connor grabbed him and took him outside to the cold to get his body temperature down. He rocked him on the porch swing till he calmed down and fell back asleep. In the morning, we asked Landon if he remembered what happened last night. He never did. We always asked. In my dreams, I was myself again. What do you mean? I was Art, and I just watched my fire truck. It was a beautiful diamond tea, and the red paint was so shiny and new. They had just put the new license plate on it, BH78GY. I will never forget that license plate. I was so proud to drive that truck. Wow, that's a great story. You say it was a diamond tea? Sure was. We dropped Landon off at school. Connor went to work and I headed home before deciding to head to the library to research what the heck a diamond T fire truck was. Both Connor and I had never heard of one and we weren't sure how Landon knew about one. For all we know, he could have made it up. Kind of sounds made up. Right as I was stepping out the front door to go to the library, Dr. Levy called and said that most likely Landon remembered a dream that he was having about the fire truck before the night terror had actually started. She said what we had heard from her many times before, that kids don't typically remember their night terrors. I called her thinking that just maybe he recalled what upset him so much. She did say that possibly the dream he was having might have triggered the night terror. I thanked her for her time and sat down at a desk at the old local library. The librarian helped me look up some old articles from the 1930s on microfiche. There was a picture of a handsome young man standing by a diamond tea fire truck. He had a big smile on his face, which made me instantly smile. I went on to read the print. 20-year-old heroic firefighter Arthur Livingston perishes in an apartment building fire trying to save two civilians. My eyes became blurry and then focused. Was I actually reading what I thought I was reading? Maybe it's just a coincidence, because... Landon said his name was Art and not Arthur, but maybe Art's a nickname? I pulled out my phone and googled nicknames for Arthur. The first one that popped up was Artie, and the next one listed was Art. My stomach dropped. How is this possible? Is this who my kid is talking about? Is this who he thinks he is? How did he know this guy existed? The article also stated that his sister Betty had said that he saved countless lives and would be missed by so many. Now I feel sick. Everything Landon had said about this person had matched up. It took time and a long library search to find him. I made some photocopies of the article, packed up, and headed back home. 
When I got home, Landon and Connor were playing a board game at the kitchen table. I pulled Connor aside to the living room to explain everything I found. This can't be true. I mean, what the hell? I know. I know. I'm shocked, too. So you mean to tell me that Landon was a guy named Art, who was a firefighter before he was born into our family? Yes. It's called reincarnation. I looked it up quickly in the car in the library parking lot, and it's a thing. This has happened to other children, claiming they once lived the lives of other people. So is it true, this sort of thing? Is is he really Art? I don't know. But I'm going to show Landon the picture of Art and hide the article part and see what he says. Landon, please come here, bud. Coming! Hey, buddy. I found this picture. Do you know who this is? When he saw the picture, his face lit up. That's me! And that's my beautiful fire truck! And look, you can tell it's mine by the license plate. BH78GY. I will always remember that plate because that fire truck meant a lot to me. Look how handsome I was. You were very handsome and you are still very handsome. Go wash up for dinner. We're having your favorite pizza. Yay! Holy crap, did you see this? See what? Did you read the day he died? No. When? No way. October 17th, 1938. I gasped and covered my mouth. So the day this guy died is the same day our son was born? Yep. We both sat there in pure shock. If this was all true, and he really was Art, what did this mean for our family? Maybe now that we believe him, his night terrors will stop and we can go back to being a normal family. That night, we tucked Landon into bed, and he talked about all the toys he wanted for his birthday that was in a few days. Not even two hours went by, and the screaming started. Connor and I ran into Landon's room. He was in bed, kicking and screaming manically. He mumbled about the smoke and the heat. I tore off his flannel pajamas to cool him off. He was hot to the touch and sweating profusely. All of a sudden... He started screaming in pain, and the skin on his arms started to bubble and blister. His skin turned red and a pale pink in spots. It was like he was touching something unbearably hot, but there was nothing on his arms to cause this. What do we do? I don't know. Um, let's rush him to the bath and run cold water on his arms. Landon continued to scream, but it looked like the burning had stopped progressing. He started to finally calm down, and we took him to the local hospital to get looked at. They kept asking what happened, and all I could say was the truth, which made us look 100% crazy. We're going to lose him. They're going to commit us or bring in CPS. I know, but what are we supposed to say? Do you want me to lie and say we were irresponsible and he burned himself playing with the oven? No, but I'm so scared of what's going on and losing our son. Everyone looked at us like... We were guilty, horrible parents or clinically insane, which felt horrible. Maybe we were. It's hard not to blame yourself in times like these. Every parent does. We explained to the doctors the horrible night terrors that plagued him, but we couldn't explain the second-degree burns that they were treating all over his arms. They cleaned his wounds, gave him some pain medication and antibiotics. After being there all night, they eventually let us go home in the morning after being there for hours. When we got home, we were all so exhausted. I put Landon on the couch and put his favorite show on. He seemed to be in good spirits. Kids are so resilient. I just wanted to get to the bottom of all this. 
After the trauma that went on last night, I was finally able to think and reflect on the events that transpired last night. Most shockingly was my son covered in burns, and I can't explain how he got them. Mom, can you get my Godzilla toy that I brought to school? It's in my backpack by the door. Sure, honey. I grabbed his big backpack, and when I took out the toy, a piece of paper floated down to the floor and landed on my foot. I picked it up and turned it over to see what it was. It was another crayon drawing that Landon had made. In the picture, there was a lady in a room, and the room was on fire. There was a firefighter in the room, and they both had captions written above their heads. The lady who stood in the room had a panicked look on her face. Her caption read, Please help me. I'm scared. I have a family. And the firefighter's bubble said, Nah, I'm not going to help you. I'd rather sit and watch you burn. I instantly dropped the paper out of sheer shock. What the heck? Why would he write something like that? What's wrong with him? I called Connor into the living room and showed him the artwork. He had the same reaction I did. What the hell? Did he do that? Shh. Lower your voice. It's his handwriting, and he draws the same type of figures. I don't even know who he is anymore. I know who he is. Don't even. We went and sat next to Landon to see if he could give any context to the drawing. Hey, buddy, who who drew this one? Oh, you saw that? I forgot that was in my backpack. Yeah, we saw it. What is it, and what does this mean? This is pretty vile and dark, and that isn't like you. Well, Dad, you're wrong. It is actually just like me. I knew this would come up sooner or later. Art was this big hometown hero that everyone loved and admired. He shaved it tons of people until he didn't. He had this dark side. And as much as he wanted to save people, he had a strong will to hurt them too. The need became too much. And one day when I was supposed to be saving a sweet lady, I decided that I wasn't. I totally could have, but I didn't. I wanted to watch her burn and wither to nothing. So I did. I told my captain that I tried to save her, but the floor had collapsed and she landed in the fire and I couldn't get to her anymore. They all believe me because fires are so unpredictable and things can become dangerous in a moment's notice. Landon, you can't be serious. I can't speak for Landon, but only for myself, Art. After I had that thrill and power of holding someone's life in my hand, I had to do it again. So I decided to have that control again. A nice couple was stuck upstairs in their home. They of course see me and look relieved. And then they start to beg for help. I mean, why wouldn't I help them? I'm a firefighter and it's my job. They were shocked when I didn't. I mean, I would have been too if I was them. I think watching them turn from calm to confused is my favorite part of this whole thing. Unfortunately, this time the fire took a different turn. And when I was watching them catch fire, the staircase I was standing on collapsed and I landed in a pool of flames and on October 17th, 1938, I burned to death. Everyone thought I was this gentle and kind person, but really down deep, I was a monster. I told myself I deserved to see them die because I saved so many people. It was payment. Art took that secret to death, and now I got to share it with you through Landon. I'm horrified. Landon or Art or whoever you are, I want you to go to your room for a little bit. I need to talk to your mom. Yeah, 
We need to figure some stuff out. Landon agreed and went down the hallway to his room. Connor and I decided that tomorrow morning we would take him to a psychiatric hospital. He clearly was asking for some sort of guidance and help without even knowing. At dinner, I packed a small bag for him for when we took him to the hospital in the morning. We tried to act as normal as possible. He was still our kid, and I didn't want him to be scared or worried. We had a great dinner and gave him a quick bath before bed. I'm usually not one for praying, but I felt it was necessary since it was the night of his birthday and we already had been through so much. And if the pattern continued, his night terror would be at its worst tonight. I prayed for silence and serenity. I prayed for protection and answers. We both gave him a big kiss, wished him a happy eighth birthday, and said goodnight. A few hours later, we were awoken by the sound of feet kicking on the walls and a screaming. The closer we got to his room, the more certain I was that his screams were coming from a place of desperation and excruciating pain. All of a sudden, his body started to catch fire. His skin started to blister and turn an angry shade of pink. The screaming was echoing off the walls and bouncing in my ears. You could smell the scent of his soft, beautiful skin burning and disintegrating. My heart couldn't handle or process all that I was witnessing. I stood there, frozen, as I watched my child run back and forth, screaming and falling apart. Connor ran and got a blanket and jumped on top of him to try and put out the fire. When he opened up the blanket, all that was inside was a pile of ash. The Art of Art, written by Lauren Shand, featuring Maria McCann as Juliet, Trevor Shand as Connor, Everett Shand as Landon, Chrissy Fox as Margaret. Production and sound design by Lauren Shand. Theme music by Tyler Connolly, Chrissy Fox, and Trevor Shand. Bleeder's Digest is created and curated by Spider One, Chrissy Fox, Trevor Shand, and Lauren Shand. Subscribe on your favorite podcast provider to never miss an episode. Bleeder's Digest is a presentation of the Bloody Disgusting Podcast Network.